Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Hey, thank you. Thank you, John. I, I like that he, he gave me four varies. So, so that, that's an extreme level right there. But thank you so much. And, and as you're giving this morning, um, go ahead and get your Bibles, uh, Bible apps. Get, get something out to jot some notes down on. And another thing that, that I encourage you to do is, is occasionally if something pops up on the screen, be, you know, take a, take a quick picture of that. And it, it's important for us to digest well what God has given to us. So, so what we do is we, uh, we use a variety of methods for that. And part of it is we put things up on the screen. We give you the, these notes. But, but another thing is for us to be able to write it down and, and, or, and put it into your phone or put it down on some paper so that you can come back to it. Put it into your Bibles. Mark your Bible so you can come back to it. See, that way it doesn't like go in one ear and out the other. I mean, that happens to us a lot, doesn't it? Where you're, you're listening to something, you're saying, well, what, what did they just say? A lot of times you'll, you'll think, well, man, I, I enjoyed church today. Great. Well, what what would you, you get out of it? I don't know, but I liked it. Well, that's okay, but part of this is God wants to do something powerful in our lives as individuals. So I'll tell you one of the things that I do. I pray specifically for every service that what happens during that service will uh, will actually be customized for each and every individual. You see, we have plans, we have strategies, we have things all laid out the way we believe God wants to, is directing us for the day. But I also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to take what's being presented and to customize it for us as individuals. So I believe that every single person who is here, that you have the opportunity to receive everything that God has for you today. And I don't want any of you guys to miss out on that. So let's pray right now. I want to pray for Holy Spirit revelation. Let's do that. God, we just pray before we even move into the sermon, before we even go online, we just pray for Holy Spirit revelation. God, we ask you that you will take what's being presented. Uh, Take the word that that is already anointed, because we know your word is already anointed, but take it as it's being preached, and even as the scriptures call it, the foolishness of preaching, and that you will customize it and that you will apply it to our own individual lives. God, give us open ears to hear the word of God. Give us eyes to see what you're speaking to us specifically, God. God, and I pray that you will lead us forward. You'll, you'll help us to march into this new year with confidence, with strength, and in the favor and the blessing and the anointing of God. And I thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers, you know what we're praying, and that you will accomplish it for our purposes and for your purposes as well. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Well, 
I'm going, to be, I'm going to begin a new series of messages here at the beginning of the year called The Time Is Now. And, and this series of messages has everything to do with, uh, with being ready to move into action, ready to take action on what God is doing in our lives. And, and I'm going to get into that a lot starting next week. So next week I'm going to be hitting this really hard on launching forward and to take action because there are promises of God, there are certain things that I believe God has already set in motion for you, and we need to move forward with them. So I'm going to give you the tools to move forward on that over the next few weeks. But today, I'm laying this foundation that I think is absolutely critical. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Find that in your Bibles or Bible app, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. While you're finding that, I want to go ahead and welcome the online community as you're joining us. Those of you who are on the road, out hanging out on vacation and stuff, uh, welcome. If you're driving right now, just listen to me. Don't watch me. But I, I encourage you guys to, be, to receive the blessing and all the good things that God has for you today. We've been praying for you already. So thank you for joining us. Also, if you're joining us online, there's something else that I ask you to do. If you do not yet have the City Life app, you really need to have it for today's sermon. So go to your app store, look up City Life Church, Fort Worth, and you should be able to find it. Look for our logo on there. Well, it's a new year, and it's time to, uh, I guess you could say, punch the accelerator for for the year to get it going, to get it rolling in our spiritual lives. And, and today's message is, is in this The Time Is Now series. It's called Personal Spiritual Growth. Personal Spiritual Growth. And that's the foundation of everything that's going to be coming up over the next few weeks. So th- first of all, I want you to think about that. This, what makes church different from the other things that are in the culture? Well, there are actually a lot of things, and, and it's, it's critical that, that we embrace everything that, that God offers us through the church, but, but the church primarily focuses on, on spirit and soul health, spirit and soul health. Now, the scriptures tell us that we are three-part beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. And God cares about all three parts of us. He cares about our body. He cares about our soul. He cares about our spirit. You see, the body, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the scriptures tell us in a few places that we really need to be taking care of our bodies. But a healthy spirit and a healthy soul are actually more critical. You see, your soul... This is, it's a part of you that's not visible, but you can sense it, you can feel it. I mean, your soul is really the seat of your emotions, your, your thought, uh, your thoughts, your, your will, uh, where relationships spring from. So much of what the church emphasizes is actually soul health. Uh, in fact, uh, most of the New Testament, most of the writings of the New Testament, it's, it's really all about how to have a healthy soul. But, You can't really have a healthy soul unless you have a healthy spirit. And and this this healthy spirit is what needs to be in control of our lives. The spirit is the part of us that's born again. Our spirit is what's going to live forever. So after our bodies die, when our bodies decay, our spirit goes on to live forever. So therefore, get this, a healthy 
spirit is more important than the others. And I'm talking about that today. That's why today I'm talking about spiritual health. And what we do spiritually, spiritual health then impacts our soul. It helps us to be able to have a healthy soul. If you have a healthy soul, then it's much easier to have a healthy body as well. So, so they really goes in that order. Most critical is the spirit. Second is the soul. Third is, is your body. So today, again, I'm talking about personal spiritual growth. And, and I'm going to give an opportunity to everyone at the close of today's service, whether you're here or you're watching online, to put together a strategy for personal spiritual growth for this month that's going to launch you into this year. And a lot of people say, well, I'm just kind of waiting on God, and I'm just going to kind of keep waiting on God. Well, a lot of people, so many people are waiting on God, but the question I want to ask you is, could God be waiting on you? See, again, the scriptures tell us we're supposed to wait on God, wait on the Lord. Yeah, yeah. But as I've taught you before, waiting on the Lord is not just sitting and just waiting and doing nothing. It is actually an active form of, of, of waiting. It's, you're, you're supposed to do stuff. The stuff, whatever that stuff is, is really important. But you're supposed to do stuff to initiate God's plan. That's what waiting on the Lord is. And so God might be saying, I, I'm waiting on you to do your part of this. And, and his part is he wants to give blessings and favor and power. But we have to do things to initiate this. Now, the challenge in our lives, in this culture, in America, and every single one of us deal with this, is we are too busy. You get that. I mean, some of you right now, your brains are going thinking, well, I just want to look at something on social media, or I want to think about what I'm going to be eating later. I want to think about what I'm doing this afternoon or this evening, but that's because our culture has, has built us up that way. But I'm, I'm going to ask you to, uh, to, to get rid of busyness. I'm, in fact, uh, I encourage you to not say, I'm just too busy. <laughs> I, 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 I rejected that out of my vocabulary a few, a few years back. Uh, a lot of people in the church will say, well, I know you're busy. And, and, I, and a lot, sometimes I'll correct, say, well, it's not that I'm busy. I do have a tight schedule, but I'm not busy because I, I, I believe in building a schedule. I like having a full schedule. Now, as long as in that full schedule, you schedule Sabbath and you schedule rest and you schedule the things of God, build that in, schedule time for your family. But, but what you are putting into your schedule might be pushing God out. And what that does is that results in an unhealthy soul and an unhealthy spirit. And God is waiting on us to get serious about our spiritual well-being and do something about it. Now, what I'm presenting today, it, it doesn't matter whether you've been following God for one month, whether you've been following God for one year, 10 years, or, or even, even, let's say, 50 years. We all need to notch it up, especially when it comes to our spiritual well-being. And the time is now. The time is now to stop delaying. It's a, and today, really, here at the beginning of the year, it is a perfect day to, to go ahead and begin to build in the time and the margin that, that you need to step up your spiritual growth. So today's sermon is for me, and it's also for everybody who's hearing my voice today. So I ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, and 
Before we read that, I want to let you know what we're looking at. First of all, you're, we're looking at a, a portion, an excerpt from a letter that the Apostle Paul had written to a church that he planted in Corinth. Corinth is in Greece. And so this is this ancient uh, Greek city, and he had started a church there, and that church was up and running. That church ran into all kinds of issues and challenges and problems, so Paul keeps writing these letters. Uh, in, fact, in fact, history tells us we can even look at in the Scriptures and know that he wrote at least four letters to, the, to that Corinthian church. Two of them exist in the, in the Bible, in the Scriptures. But but what was happening with them as he wrote this letter, which we call 2 Corinthians, they were struggling with their personal spiritual growth. What was happening with them is they were lagging behind. They were thinking, well, there's maybe going to be a better time to focus on this because some of them were dealing with some persecution and stress and anxiety and confusion. And so what this did, the stuff in their lives had slowed down their spiritual advance. So Paul, what he does is he writes this letter and he addresses a lot of things, including that. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, take a look at it. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. He says, and working together with him, okay, who is the him? Just make sure you understand all this in this first sentence. Him is God. So we're working together with God. He says, we also urge you, who's the we? Well, Paul is speaking of him, and at the very beginning in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, we see that Timothy is also right by his side helping him put this letter together. So Timothy was a disciple of his. Timothy was the pastor of the Greek city of Ephesus. Uh, Timothy was, was a young man who, who was a was, was powerful tool of God in ministry. So the two guys are, are there putting this together. So that's why it's plural. So, and working together with him, God, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Okay, hold on here. What does that mean? God gives us plenty of grace, but don't receive it in vain. Don't just take it and, and, and make the grace of God something that we essentially kind of wipe our feet on. It's not a doormat. The grace of God is something that we must do something with. Okay, God gives us plenty of grace. And I'm grateful for that. We sung about, we sang beautiful song about the grace of God, but the grace of God is there for us, but it also means we need to take some action, okay? So don't receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, God says, and he quotes from the Old Testament, at a favorable time, I listened to you on the, and on the day of salvation, I helped you. Yeah, that's, that's past tense. Now, what does Paul says? He says, but behold, now, now, say now. Yeah. Now is a favorable time. <laughs> and now is the day of salvation. And now he, now he goes into this list of stuff that, I mean, he, it, it's almost like he's got a little bit, there's, he's, there's something under his skin here that he's trying to, to, to let them know about. And, and what he's saying here is, man, Timothy and I and the rest of our ministry team, we're going through a lot. And we know you're going through a lot too, but we need, we need to, 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 to stand up tall. We need to get moving, all right? Look at it. He says, giving no reason for taking offense in anything. For example, offense, offense, offense. I mean, it is one of the most dangerous things. He said, don't take offense in anything. In other words, when somebody messes with you, get over it. I'd love to preach a sermon called Get Over It, and, uh, but I don't have time for that today. Just get over it and move forward. 
so that the ministry will not be discredited. I'll pause right there. One of the things that happens in churches is that when people start taking up offense, they get offended at things. The, the, uh, uh, the, the ministry as a whole or the church as a whole can be discredited because people are all walking around offended. That's why we as believers, we just live like offense-free. Sure, offenses happen, but we get over it. Amen? I said, amen? All right, we get over it. Giving no reason for taking offense in anything so that the ministry won't be discredited, but in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, some of this is going to resonate in your heart, in difficulties, in beatings, in imprisonments, in mob attacks. How many of y'all have had beatings, imprisonments, and mob attacks for, for being, being a believer? I didn't think so. All right. So we're not even at the place where they were. But take a look at this. He says, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, and in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, and in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true. Now, that doesn't mean, yes, they are deceivers. That means that some people will say, well, you're just a deceiver. You're trying to deceive people. Well, well, he's saying, no, we're, we're true. We're, we're true to our faith. We're actually not deceivers. As unknown and yet well-known, as dying and yet behold, we are alive, as punished and yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, that's joy, all right, as poor yet making many rich and having nothing and yet possessing all things. Beautiful of the paradox of serving Christ. He says, our mouth has spoken freely to you, you Corinthians. Our heart is opened wide. Look at this. This sentence is the clincher here. You are not restrained by us but you are restrained by your own affections. Oh, let me say that last part again. You are restrained by your own affections. Now that should resonate in our hearts. We're we're not being held held back spiritually by, by leaders. We're held back spiritually by our own affections. These are things in our lives that that, uh, that obviously, or things that were in their lives that had obviously been pursued, that had filled up their minds, that had filled up their times, that filled up their emotions. And, and some of those things might not have been bad, but they were things that were stopping them from their spiritual advance. That's why Paul's being so strong with them. So I want to take that and ask you the question, what holds you back from spiritual advance? Well, most likely it is your own affections, stuff you want, stuff you like. So today, here at the beginning of the year, I mean, this is an ideal time for self-examination. I want you to examine your own affections that might be getting in the way of your spiritual advance. And those affections can become spiritual strongholds, which is dangerous, which keeps you bound up and keep you struggling spiritually and holding you back from every good thing God has for you. 
So look, here, here's a word of encouragement. This is found uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Solomon said these words at 4, verse 25. He says, let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. That's a good, that's a powerful principle right there. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but turn your foot from evil. So that scripture here is talking about guarding your heart from various affections. These are things that get in the way, things that might be nice, but they're things that are slowing you down, things that are distracting you, potentially to the point that you forget your spiritual disciplines and you can no longer soar spiritually. Some of you are probably there right now and you're wondering why you are stuck. Well, it's because your affections have taken over and God is bringing you this word today saying, I love you and I wanna let you know this, that you can move that stuff out of the way and you can get a new start for this new year. So, when should you start this? When should you start this, this, this moving forward plan? Well, he said it at the very beginning of 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 6. He said, now is the favorable time. Now is the time. Don't delay. Because if you want to really put together what I call a personal spiritual growth strategy, you need to do it now and act on it Today, you can refine it tomorrow. Now, over the next few weeks, here, here at City Life on Sundays, I'm going to be talking about the promises God has for you. I'm going to be talking about how the time is now and, you need, and how you can take action on those things. But first, we need to lay this foundation of a personal spiritual growth strategy. We need to do it now. For me personally, I do this every single year. I design a new personal growth, spiritual growth strategy for me. Why? It's because I need it. The truth is, though, we all need it. Everybody's strategy is going to look a little bit different, but each of your strategies, they will take various aspects uh, uh, that, that, that are really critical for long-term spiritual health. I mean, keeping in mind, our spirit is the part of us that lives forever. That's why we need a spiritual growth strategy. Now, I, I don't want to define this. I want to give you a quick definition of what I'm talking about. Those of you who are educators here, you get really excited about definitions. Here's your definition right here. Definition of personal spiritual growth strategy is this. An integrated system of choices an individual makes based upon God's word that will grow and, look, I put an in there. I actually left out the D. And enhance one's spiritual life for how long? Eternity. That's why we need this. Eternity. This is what you're invested on. Now, now listen, at the end of time, you and I, we are going to be graded on whether or not we did the things God called us to do, whether we took action on the things God called us to do. And again, that's going to be shared over the next few weeks. But now is the time for us to get this foundation set so we can launch forward so that we can experience his, uh, his promises and his provision and his purposes that God has for you this year. So, so today, I, I want you to take what the word of the Lord is being shared to you. I want you to take this and I want you to take action 
action on it. Now today, I'm simply going to give you four categories. There is more, there may be more for you, but right now I'm just going to hit four categories for you to put into your your personal strategic growth uh, strategy here. And, And we're going to do this before we leave the room today. We're going to get started on this. So the first one is focus. Focus. That's the first word, first of the four. I'm going to ask you to select one word that will help you to remain focused in 2024. Now, as a congregation, we've been, I've been leading you in this for seven years, and it's proven to be a powerful impetus for our own personal lives. Some of you, you already know that I'm going to be talking about this, and so you've already started sending me text messages and telling me in the hall what your word for the year is. Good, good. You're already on the ball. If you haven't started with that, get it going today. Now, now Paul gives us an example of this. Paul says this, one thing I do. One. Get that? Paul says, one thing I do. So this is his one thing. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Most of you know that scripture right there. So we could look at this and say, well, Paul's one word would maybe be like advance. And I'm challenging you today to simply focus on one word for the year. It's my first challenge to you. Uh, because I, I believe that a successful life is a disciplined life. Discipline is what drives you forward. And selecting one word will help you to maintain discipline in that direction for the year so that you can search forward. And, and it's going to help to prepare you for what I'm going to be unra- un- unwrapping for you over the next few weeks. It's, it's really beginning with the end in mind. Uh, and, and, and it will help you to get rid of the affections that are weighing you down. So you'll be able to focus and do it now. This is about even cleaning out your spiritual closet, cleaning out your emotional garbage now. And begin. you can begin to hone in on this one thing that God has for you. And it will drive you forward so that you can live with focus in 2024. Now, after you get this one word, I encourage you to share it with others because that actually enhances our relationships. Share it with your family. Share it with your connect group. Share it with your ministry team. Share it online. You know, how, whatever looks good for you. But it's not so much the thing of, I'm going to find this one word and everything's going to work out great. No, kind of let that one word find you. And there's no right or wrong word. Uh, well, I mean, unless your one word is murder or hate. I mean, that would be wrong. That would be wrong definitely. But, but find that one word for the year and let it find you. Mine for this year, I've already determined, mine for this year is the term victory. That is my one word. Now, what I've done for me, you can do things like this as well, is I've already started posting this word victory everywhere. I haven't shared it publicly. I really haven't shared it with anyone, but I'm going to see this from now on. I'm going to see this constantly in 2024. It's even on my calendar. It's going to pop up every few days on my calendar, like victory, this is your word. And see, this one word helps illuminate your path through the end of the year. And I believe that it will also begin to reveal those affections that Paul was talking about that need to change. And it just That one word just might change your life if it is aligned with God's word. So really quick, here's the way to start. You can go through this very quickly. If you want to take pictures of this, this may help you in in determining this. They're up on the screen. Ask yourself now, what is God saying to you now? So what's God been saying to you? What have you been hearing from God? God is speaking. God's always speaking. The problem is we're not hearing, but what's God saying to you now? Second, here's the second one. What area of your life does God want to use? 
Is there a particular area uh, that, that has not been utilized by God and you know it's there available because God wants to partner with you? Well, how? Okay, here's another, here's another question to ask. What area of your life does God want to transform? So this is, this is something that needs to be transformed or moved or changed completely. It could be a 180 in a particular area of your life. Maybe it's some affections that need to go away. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to end. It's some habits that need to be tossed. What is the one area of your life that God wants to transform? And finally, how does God want to position you for 2024? And it's actually a lot of fun choosing your year, your word for the year. Uh, but it, I guess in a sense, it's not really us that chooses the word because I believe God reveals it to us. And, and I believe that God can drop an anointed specific word into your heart and into your mind. And it's not as mysterious as you might think. And, and maybe you choose it, but a week or two later, I, I really think it needs to be changed. Well, then change it. But just listen to God on this. And what I've been praying I've been praying that this will be unveiled for you or revealed to you even during this sermon. You're going to have an opportunity to write it down at the end, that one word. Okay, so that's the first one is to focus. The second category for a personal growth strategy is this. That is the word fast. And that doesn't mean drive 120 miles per hour. I know some people passed you on the freeway recently, probably doing 100, 110, 120, but fast is something different. Now, this is the one that gets a little, oh my goodness, did you have to say that, Pastor Tim? Yeah, I did. Okay, and, and I'm going to ask you to fast. And, and, and as you do this, list three specific reasons why you are fasting and then design your personal fasting strategy. But at some level, I encourage, I'm going to ask everyone who's a part of City Life Church, whether you're right here or you're watching online, engage in what we call our 21 days of fasting and prayer, which begins today. Now, what happens with fasting? Well, it, it strips away selfishness. And I want to just be the first to say it. I don't like fasting, but I love what it does for me. It helps me to, again, change my affections. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, some of the biggest breakthroughs of my life have come after an extended fast. Uh, Jesus fasted, and that launched him into his public ministry. Fasting holds immense power that for the most part is untapped in the church because it nurtures this fervent relationship with God. It's like the fire of God is already in us, but it's like throwing logs on the fire. It's like putting gasoline on the fire of God in our lives. Fasting helps us to maintain and, and deepen our relationship with God. It defeats spiritual lukewarmness. It, it, like, it recalibrates our hearts so that we can grow. It enables us to fight uh, spiritual battles on a whole new level. I mean, we, you will come up with heightened spiritual warfare tactics through fasting. And now remember, Jesus soared through immense spiritual warfare because he was hammered with temptation for 40 days and 40 nights, but he broke through that because he was fasting. So you know, what is fasting? Well, fasting, simple definition of it. This is the simple definition. Is Fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Now, there's a lot of information online about fasting, so I'm not going to get into how to do it. 
99% of the stuff that's online about fasting is talk about the physical benefits. Those are there. Yay, hurrah, I'm glad for that. But what, what, I, what I do care, what we care about are the spiritual benefits. And it's not just going without food. No, it is for spiritual purposes. And that must be woven in so that you can have the spiritual results. Now, fasting is not like, okay, hey, God, I'm going to give up TikTok for a day. No, that's, that's, that's how I'm, I'm going to fast. I think that, well... Oh, I'm going to fast movies. Well, you, you, you can eliminate things like that if they are uh, part of your affections. But, you know, it's just like, I mean, come on. Or, or, or like, like this, well, I, I'm going to fast smoking weed. Yeah, that's going to be good. No, no. Fasting is abstaining from, abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus fasted, the, the apostles fasted, and the church fasted. Now, there are three basic types of fasting. Very quickly, here they are. Number one is a full fast, which is liquids only. And... Uh, Make sure you get electrolytes in there, okay? A second one is partial fast. That's maybe part of a day, or it could be eliminating certain foods, or, or, uh, and, and this, you know, a lot of people do partial fasts. It, it could just be like, I'm going to fast between, the, between sunrise and sunset. I mean, it's whatever you choose. A, a lot of, a, a lot of like, Jewish, Jewish culture is to fast that way. And then there's also something that's often called the Daniel fast, and that is where you're going to go for a, a period of time, and you're just simply going to have water, fruits, and vegetables, and juices, and, and all of that. Now, now I'll, you know me, and I do not like to get legalistic at all about the type of fast that you do, because every person is different. We all, we all have different levels of experience with fasting, and everybody's body is different. But I do urge you to fast at some level, some type of fasting for a full 21 days. That means through January 27th. And put it on your calendar. Like, don't forget, I'm fasting today. Keep it in front of you. You know, Isaiah chapter number 58, verses 6 through 12. That's something that should be bookmarked in your Bible. And, and I'm going to ask you to keep going back to this. In fact, I'm going to ask you to go back to this daily through the next 21 days. This is going to keep you up to speed with fasting. Because there are certain results that come from fasting. And, and many of them are listed in this beautiful passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 58. And, and this will, I, I like to read this passage daily during my fasts. I'm going to ask you to do it because it just gives me strength. It helps to me to remember what, what this is about and where this is going. Here are just some of, the, some of the things that are in that passage. Just listen to this. Your light is going to break out. Your recovery is going to spring up. Your righteousness is going to go before you. The glory of God will be your rear guard. You're going to call on God and he will answer you. Your gloom will be dispersed. Your God will guide you. He will satisfy you and your desires. He will give you new strength. You will produce fruit. You will be like a spring of water. You're going to rebuild what was devastated. You will be a restorer. I mean, tell me, that's wow. That's good stuff. Who doesn't want that? Those are the results of fasting. Now, so, so I'm just saying, please don't fast aimlessly. You really need to have at least two to three areas of focus. Because fasting goes hand in hand with prayer. That's why we call it our 21 days of fasting and prayer. So I'm going to ask you the question. This is a question you need to ask yourself. What are two to three focuses for your fast? Uh, it could be relational. 
It could be sin-oriented. It could be uh, temptation. Um, maybe it's something physical. It could be a financial. It could be uh, wisdom or emotional or relational. But, be, but it needs to be two or three very specific focuses for your fast. So that's part of your fasting strategy, which is part of your spiritual growth strategy. Now, as you fast, I want you to remember this, is that God loves you. He wants to answer your prayers, and he wants to bless his people. But the first and first primary thing that God wants is for us to be close to him. And when we are close to him, Scripture says we're going to have everything that we need. So fasting, what it does is has a way of, like, reorienting our lives around the things of God. And as we, uh, as we kind of like minimize our physical appetites, even though that's challenging, it increases your spiritual hunger. And God rains down his presence and his power and his blessing. And so this is going to be important to lay a foundation on this as we move into the next few weeks because I'm going to be challenging, uh, challenging you on taking action steps toward God's promises. So Again, during this fast, I think the most important thing we can ask for is to know God in a deeper and more intimate way. And uh, and I'm even going to give you uh, today a 21-day Bible plan to go along with a 21-day fast to help you on a daily basis. Okay, now it's time for the third category. Here's the third category. And we're going to go through the third and fourth rather quickly here. This is, this is the third category for your spiritual growth strategy, and it is fellowship. Fellowship is defined this way. Intentionally surround yourself with believers. Believers. Be in church weekly and join a connect group at the minimum. Keep that, I mean, at the very minimum. And and fellowship is critical, especially in today's society, because social media and AI cannot take the place of engaging with real people face-to-face and and being around them. And I know the the world kind of is isolating us from one another more and more all the time, but we need to resist that. See, fellowship, what it does is it combats loneliness. That's why you should put a church on your calendar. Just drop it into your calendar. Be here every Sunday, whether you're sick or, I mean, not whether you're sick. If you're sick, you know, you can watch us online or come, we'll pray for you. But, But unless you're sick or unless you're out of town, Please do that. In fact, uh, a, a great way to fellowship, fellowship on a new level, is to even begin to serve in the church because you're going to get to know other people. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. He says, let us consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people. But, again, encouraging one another. See, that encouragement comes from being around other people. And he says, do it all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, what is the day? The day is the return of Jesus. So what that means is our need for face-to-face fellowship is greater in 2024 than it even was in 2023 because the coming of Jesus is closer, and I believe it is at hand. Next week, in fact, we're going to be sharing with you some connect group options for the winter spring semester. I'm going to encourage you to take advantage of that as well. Now, moving to the fourth category. Here's the fourth category for your personal spiritual growth strategy, and it is to feast. Now, I know you might say, wait, wait, Pastor, you just said fast. Yeah, we're supposed to fast and feast. So what this is, is consuming the word of God. 
you need to begin or continue a regular di- uh, Bible reading plan. Get into it on a regular basis. I was first challenged by this by my father back in 1985, and I was actually I was going to college to be a, a minister, and my dad challenged me with that. He sent me a, a piece of paper which had a Bible reading plan on it. That was back before the internet, before we had any of this cool stuff we have today, which makes it so much more simple. Uh, and and I, I tried it, but I'll be honest with you, for the first few years, I wasn't successful at getting through the Bible in a year. But as time went by, I found it to be more and more essential in my life. Not Now, please understand, from in my life, not as a pastor, that's my role. But I'm talking about in my life personally. I don't do my Bible reading so I can preach. Okay, I preach the word of God and I study it, but I do my Bible reading for Tim because I need it. See, the Bible, what it does is it becomes like spiritual food. And I've, I've seen this through the years that if I'm not feasting on God's word daily, what happens is I will immediately begin to notice a difference in my life. In fact, Jesus even said this in Matthew chapter 4 when he was being tempted, uh, tempted to eat food during his fast, and he, he, he answered the devil. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In fact, there's been a study that, that has been done with people who regularly read the Bible. There are participants, and these participants were, were between the ages of 8 and 80, and on the first two days, they didn't really notice much of a difference. By day three, there was a slight difference and it began to increase. And what happened is they found out that the people, the end results of this, is that people who were reading the Bible four times a week or more, for an extended period of time, they found that loneliness had dropped by about 30%, bitterness had dropped by about 43%, anger went down by about 32%, alcoholism went down by about 42%, and engagement with pornography went down by almost 60%. That's why like Job, when he was going through his really, really tough time, he says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So I'm asking you to feast on God's word and set up a strategy to do it daily, even if you only do it with one verse of scripture a day. All right. So what I'm going to ask you to do now, now's the time for application. I'm going to ask you to personalize your spiritual growth strategy. Four areas to do it in. Focus, fast, fellowship, and feast. Focus, fast, fellowship, feast. This is the beginning of putting together this strategy. Remember, so many people are just waiting on God to do something, but again, God might be waiting on you strategies. I mean, companies have strategies. Our church has strategies. We have strategies for our physical health. Cities have strategies. I mean, we implement strategies for our emotional health, and we even have financial strategies. But there's something that's more important than those because all of those are temporary. What's more important is a spiritual growth strategy. As wonderful as those are, We need spiritual growth strategies because our spirit is the part of us that's going to live forever. I'm going to give you a chance to design yours in just a moment. But before we do so, I want to make sure that your spirit is whole. I mean, I want want to make sure that you are born again. 
that your spirit is born again. So I want nobody looking around. Before we move forward, nobody looking around. If you're here in this room and you are not in relationship with Jesus, you're not born again, you're not serving God, I just want to connect my faith with you and pray with you right now to receive Christ and let the Holy Spirit come in and make your spirit alive. So if that's you, just, just again, nobody looking around, but if that's you, at the count of three, just lift your hand up for me, and I'm, that way I'll be able to see your hand, connect my faith with yours, and then we'll be able to move forward, pray together, move forward. But if that's you, at the count of three, just lift your hand. One, two, three, lift your hand up. I need Jesus. I want to have a whole spirit. I want to be born again. Okay, nobody in this service has lifted their hand. You can look back up. That's all right. But, I, but that simply means we're ready for this next step. It's time to develop, begin to develop your own personal spiritual growth strategy. Now, if you're watching online, uh, we're going to go offline here in just a few minutes, but, but there is a link that they are going to share with you that is the, uh, that's going to be this spiritual growth strategy link. They're going to drop it in. You'll see that link and you can click on that. Or you can open up the City Life app. And that's what I encourage every one of you guys to do right now. Open up the City Life app and, cl- and tap refresh on your screen. And as soon as you see that, as soon as you refresh it, one of the things on that front screen is going to be a graphic that looks like this, and you can go ahead and tap that. Now, if you don't have a phone with you, for some reason you didn't download the City Life app or whatever, it's not working, you don't have service right now, no problem, because the ushers right now, they have some, uh, some little papers that they'll hand out to you. Lift your hand. If you're not able to get online and you don't have that right now, lift up your hand, and ushers will be able to deliver that to you. Keep your hand up until everyone has been served, because I don't want anybody to miss out on that. <clears throat> Just keep your hand up so that, so that we can get this uh, spiritual growth strategy to you. Keep your hand up good and high, raise it high, wave it, smile, and, and uh, they'll, they'll get it to you. They, but they can't see if you don't wave your hand. So keep your hand up, keep your hand up, if that's you, and we'll get these to you right now. All right. Now, what we're going to do, if you've gone into this into the app already or you have the, the, the paper in front of you, uh, you're going to see an opportunity to fill in some blanks. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to have a few moments of silence. And I'm going to ask you over these next few minutes to listen to God. This is your personal spiritual growth plan, your personal strategic, personal strategy. And you're going to listen to God. Go ahead and take this strategy survey and go through it. This is simply the beginning. This is, these are like the headliners for you, okay? And you can take this more and more deep in your life as you go along. Uh, one of the things that you can do with this as you fill this out, you can take screenshots of what you're doing, or if you have the paper with you, you just take a picture of that paper. Regardless, what I'm going to be doing is I'll be back in touch with you this week, and I'm going to be encouraging you on your steps that you've listed in this, because this is going to come to me. It's only coming to me, and if, if I ask if it's appropriate, I'll be share, I may share it with Rebecca, my wife. Uh, and, and so these are, uh, these are the strategies that I'll be encouraging you on. And I want to I partner with you as your pastor. 
But uh, so you're going to get get the results emailed back to you this week. But I'm going to ask you just to pray for courage and for. In fact, let's just pause. Let's pray for courage and revelation for everyone in this room who's watching online. God, I pray for courage for each person to begin to turn over new soil for the days ahead and not be afraid to take action because God's waiting on us. And I also pray for revelation regarding specifics and details in this of how we can move forward on our own individual plans in Jesus' name. Amen. A part of this is, is even being coming tonight for prayer. Prayer at 6 p.m. We're going to have a good time of just getting around the presence of God and going deep. While you're doing this, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss the online congregation so that you'll have time to do this on your own. Please go ahead and do this. And when you get to the end of it, submit it and follow the link that's been posted in social media or through uh, through the app, City Life app itself. And uh, go ahead and get these submitted so that we can begin to, to process this and I'll be back in touch with you individually this week. All right, let's take a few minutes. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.